Hey, Cornwall Church, I am so excited that you're with us today. So uh, glad that you are there in Boca Raton in Florida joining us. And those of you watching live stream right now on the internet, we're so glad you're with us. This is going to be an incredible time because I'm here not only with my co-laborer in the kingdom, my brother, but my friend Grant Fishbook from Christ the King. We're so excited about this. It's going to be awesome. Everybody, we want to get started today by welcoming you to just one of our favorite places. Uh, Bob and I actually spend a lot of time right here tucked in the corner of Woods Coffee Shop. Um, sometimes we're talking about you, but most of the time we're just talking about us. Yeah, we're talking about doing life together, what it's like in the ministry. We love to share authenticity and just have moments where we've really discovered, I think, uh, a brotherhood with each other. And one of the amazing things is it was in this little spot where this crazy idea of unity really took shape and where our, our friendship really started to grow. Yeah, and this isn't the first time that we've done this. I mean, some of you have been around long enough to remember the very first time that we did a co-sermon was 13 years ago this weekend. It was the third weekend of March in 2004, and it was a, a great time. Uh, in fact, we, we've actually got a couple of pictures of that. We dug these up. They're not the highest quality, and Grant, I don't know what that's going on there with your hands. I think you're trying to fly. I think I am yeah, trying, trying to fly. To, I get very excited to about be, this stuff. Be an angel. And then, then that next one, look, I mean, something must have been really, really funny because we're both cracking up. I, I can't believe it. I mean, 13 years ago, I was 40 years old. And look at you, Grant. You were like 17. And here we are. I mean, the years have been good to you and, and be able to do this. But to understand our friendship, you even have to back up five years before that. And it was 1999. Both of us were invited to co-speak at a baccalaureate at uh, Nooksack Valley High School. And that's where we met. And uh, after that night, our friendship began to grow. And in fact, we began to explore some possibilities of Grant coming to work at Cornwall. We were looking for a youth pastor at that time. He was going through a transition as well. And, uh, and that's our friendship has developed over the years from that. And it really grew out of a moment where Laurel and I were kind of looking for a place to kind of hide and heal for a little while. And we found a great place called Cornwall Church. And it was the Cornwall family that really just kind of encircled us for a very short, brief amount of time. And then we actually ended up feeling really called in a direction of, uh, of going to work at Christ the King Community Church. And I think for a little while there, we both kind of wondered what, what God was up to because we wanted to work together. We wanted to do life together. And then all of a sudden, God just had a different plan. So we went a different way. And then it all came together in Easter of 2003. In Easter 2003, I found out on a Tuesday, I was going to become the senior pastor of Christ the King on a Thursday. And Sunday was Easter. And Monday morning, the very first phone call that I got was from this guy. And Bob reached out to me and said, uh, you're going to need a friend. And all of a sudden, we had this common brotherhood because we suddenly found ourselves living in the same world, doing the same kind of work. And the truth was, I really did need a friend, and I really appreciated you being yeah, there. Yeah, being colleagues. And the cool thing is that there's been opportunities as senior pastors for us to uh, do things outside of even Whatcom County. I mean, we ended up in Chicago together at a conference. Uh, we went to Orange County, down to Saddleback together. Uh, a fun one, and we talked about this years ago, is that we ran a marathon together, went to Las Vegas um, 
uh, Preachers on the Run in Sin City. Was that what that it was That was the name of the message that yeah. came out of so, it. Yeah. In fact, there's a picture of that. And Grant, I find it interesting. In the old Westerns, the bad guys wore the black hats and the good guys wore the white hats. And uh, in that picture, uh, actually, look at this. Here's the, okay, never mind. Yeah, actually, but, the black was a sign of death after I ran the marathon because <laughs> I was almost dead. So, but one of the coolest thing was we went to Dallas to a, a conference that was put together, a gathering that was put together by Leadership Network. And it was pastors from around the United States, all pastors of larger churches. And they were amazed that two megachurch pastors whose churches were less than three miles apart would not only be friends, would not only travel to this together, would not only room together, but what really amazed them is that we would share the pulpit. We would be in each other's churches. And they talked about that. They still talk about that. Yeah, they absolutely do. It's been an amazing thing to be able to share life together that way. And so for us, you know, it's the friendship, it's the ministry, but I mean... Really, it's, it's far deeper than that. And I don't want to sound like overly spiritual, but listen to this verse out of Ephesians chapter 4, where it says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That whole idea of making every effort to keep unity uh, in the Spirit is that it's not just something that might happen. It's something we're intentional about. And we're very intentional in our friendship and even beyond that in our ministry. That verse goes on to say, There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And what we know and are convinced of and will go to our dying day on this is that there is one. There is one who is over all and through all and in all. And it's not Grant Fishbook. And it's not Bob Marvel. And it's not Todd the King. It is (laughs) Jesus Christ. He is one. It's his church. It was purchased with his blood. It's empowered by his spirit. It's his vision. He gets the glory. I better stop because I'm preaching. It's that's all awesome. about Jesus. And that's what we, we want to uh, model and, and give as an example in our relationship and in our ministry. Because there is one church, our friendship began to ripple out because we really believe that well, this special thing that we had, this bond that we had between each other could be shared on a greater level. And so we began to pray. We began to hope and invite other people into the journey. And uh, because God is amazing, not because we did anything, but because God is amazing, it actually flourished into this thing called pastors praying for pastors. And what we do is we gather together as pastors uh, at the first. It's kind of neutral ground. Everybody comes together. And and here's basically our twofold agreement. Nobody's going to ask you for anything. And you don't get to pray for your church. You got to pray for somebody else's. Because of that exact call that there's one body. And we want all of the parts of God's body to actually succeed and come together. And so uh, a while ago, Bob actually had this idea. I wasn't sure it was going to work. It was a <laughs> I huge, wasn't sure if it was going to work. It was a huge spiritual risk. But Bob spearheaded this idea, and we saw unity at an entirely different level. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah. So the idea was, since we come together, and it really is beautiful, like 70 pastors coming together and praying for each other. The idea was, what if we took that to the next level, and what if we took a risk in this whole concept of foot washing. Now, I will say this. Grant set it up because we're all in this room together, 70 pastors, and he starts talking about where two or three are gathered. There's Christ in the midst, and that this is holy ground, and we should follow Moses' example. So Grant, Grant makes all of us take our shoes and socks off. So there we all standing around barefoot like a bunch of West Virginia hillbilly preachers. We're all barefoot. <laughs> and then, so we did some worship, and we, and we prayed. And then I did a little talk about John 13 when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Now, here was the thing. They didn't know it was coming. They didn't see it coming. So this whole idea 
about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And at the end, he says, Now that I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, so you should wash one another's feet. Uh, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. And then in verse 17, it says, And you will be blessed if you do this. All right, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. So I, I set this whole thing up, and I said, So we're going to take a risk, and we're going to give you an opportunity to wash each other's feet. Now, we didn't think... We, we weren't no sure. Idea. Didn't know if anyone did. Yep. I said, I'll, I'll uh, give you an example. This is new to some people. <clears throat> and so I went over, and I began washing Carlo uh, Furlon's feet. From Hillcrest. Uh, from Hillcrest. And I, the whole idea was that I would do this, and then I would give instructions. I'm about halfway through, and guys just start heading to the buckets. They just start getting water. They start washing each other's feet. They're washing each other's feet. They're praying for each other. They're crying. It was, it, I mean, it was like one of the coolest things I've been a part of in a long time. Yeah. And that foot washing moment, it will forever be etched in my mind. But this last one that we did, yeah. you and I actually shared our story of how God brought our friendship together. Uh, and we actually challenged people, other pastors, to kind of almost adopt the same kind of model. So we started, uh, we just made some space for people to really be able to connect with each other. And what we've heard come out of that is some pretty amazing opportunities. In fact, we don't want to be presumptive, but there's two other churches in the county that are going to do this kind of thing. They're actually going to share a teaching moment that's never happened before, which is really, really cool. And then, Bob, you were telling me a story about, about how some pastors just kind of, through that, discovered each other and also were able to meet a need. Yeah, because after we did that this last time, we let pastors come together that are in same geographic regions. And there were two pastors, uh, Leland, who's at New Hope, and then also Tony, who's at Living Hope. Their churches are... That's a lot two, of hope. That's a lot of hope. <laughs> two miles apart... And they met each other. That's the first time they met each other. They prayed together. They had lunch together. They started this friendship. I got a text from Leland, and he said, um, you know, Tony and I have been getting together. Tony's church needed uh, some lights installed. I knew how to do it. I went over and installed lights in their church, saved their church money. We, you know, just so grateful for the chance to connect with other brothers. The whole thing of what's happening in the pastors in Whatcom County is really quite phenomenal, I Amazing. would say. In yeah. fact, I'm not sure that I've ever heard of another community that's experiencing this kind of unity. And those ripples have continued out. I just came back from a trip from Africa, and as part of our pastor's conference, we did a foot washing because we believe that that is such a beautiful picture of unity and humility and servanthood. It's really the body acting like the body is supposed to. You know, we have experienced those kinds of moments yeah. in our friendship over the years. And we've really made some commitments. And not only do we want to talk just a little bit about the commitments we've made to each other, but we'd actually like to call you into the same kind of a commitment today, whether you're a Cornwall or Christ the King. If we really are one church, if we really have one shepherd, if we really only have one senior pastor, that being Jesus, yeah. then, then these kinds of commitments really, really just kind of flesh themselves out in day-to-day -day life. And it's something Bob and I really enjoyed. So here's one of the commitments we made. The commitment is to connect. We actually connect together. We connect with each other on a pretty deep personal level. We don't really have a lot of secrets. And there have been times we've sat in this place, and like you said before, it's been tears, it's been heartache. Sometimes it's been great joy and a lot of laughter mixed in. You know, the reason that we do that is simple. It's because the Bible says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And the fact that we labor in the same kind of ministry is pretty powerful. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So we have depended on each other. There have been times, Bob said to pick me up off the ground and, and, and helped convince me to keep on moving. There have been times when I've done my best to try and return the favor. And the reality is, 
I love the kind of math that Jesus does. Two's just better than one. Um, the only thing better than one church is two churches in two different locations with the same God and the same pastor and the same call and the same mission. So we connect. That's one of the things we're committed to. We're also, on top of that, somewhat redundant, but we're committed to each other. So we connect with each other, and then we're committed to each other, and we're committed to each other's success. But not just as, as pastors. We're committed to each other's successes as husbands, as fathers, and even more importantly, as brothers and friends. Um, I love the passage in John chapter 15. Greater love has no man than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friend. And I can say this with, with sincerity. I'd lay down my life for this man because of everything that he has meant to me over the years. The times when he shielded me, helped me, and encouraged me. I mean, besides my wife, Laurel, this guy has probably been there for me in ways that no one else has been able to experience simply because we do the same thing for a living. In fact, years ago, when we ran that marathon, I'll never forget that moment. We come out of this dip, and suddenly we're faced with a headwind. I mean, it is knocking us out. It's my first marathon. I'm dying. And my friend Bob ran out in front of me, and he took the wind in his face, and I tucked myself in right behind him. The only reason I crossed that finish line is because of his sacrifice. And we want to finish our life race exactly the same way so we connect and we commit yeah you know it's amazing grant when we just even reviewing this and thinking back our friendship goes back 18 years yeah and that's amazing and there have been so many times i mean you know and you could attest to it on saturday afternoon i'm texting grant <laughs> saying man you got to pray for me i'm not ready i'm not feeling it i you know whatever and so just to have that it's been pretty uh, pretty amazing deal you know the other thing about our our friendship is that we really do want it to be something that is, that is God-honoring. Here's the truth. We're going to let you in on a little secret about pastors. You get pastors together or not even together, mm-hmm. here's what pastors are all about. Comparison. And they, they're comparing buildings, what, how big is their building, how new is their building. They're comparing budgets, how much do they get, how much per capita. They're comparing baptisms. They, they compare every, Pastors just do this. It's like this constant competition. And we just decided that we're not going to do that, that we're going to celebrate each other. We're going to celebrate each other's victories. We're going to be there for each other instead of competing. And just to, to say, you know what, when, when Grant wins, I win. When CTK wins, Cornwall wins. The kingdom wins because it's not about us. It's not about me or him. And so we just decided that. And with that, we made a commitment in that is the things that we say about each other and the things that we allow to be said about each yeah. other. Uh, we're very, very uh, protective of that. Um, some of you know, uh, you've come to Cornwall and you've said, hey, Pastor Bob, I'd like to introduce myself. We've been a part of Christ the King. And I always say, what a great church. I love Grant. He's one of my best friends. And, and so we just, we just won't uh, tolerate any kind of negative or gossip or bashing at all. Um, I love this verse out of Ephesians where it says, do not let any unwholesome talk, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And that's our goal with our friendship. Now, I, full, full disclosure, little disclaimer too. Grant, I have been known to call you a crybaby at times, <laughs> but that's only because you are. That's the only reason I think Hallmark ought to make a little precious moments of Pastor Grant with a tear right there. Okay, yeah, but, now, but here's the deal. Okay, so I keep hearing from my friends at Cornwall 
That Bob keeps having these fish book moments. No, no, my forehead's no. sweating and it gets in my eyes. In those so kind of I things. have taught him to come. He's in touch with his emotional side now. We're bonding. We're going to a whole other level. And so you're welcome, Cornwall. That that, that your pastor learned how to cry. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. All right. One, wonderful. <laughs> the other thing that's so great, and this you know this, is that we share this common calling, uh, our heart for Whatcom County, our desire is to lead people to Jesus Christ. Um, that's our number one desire. And if that's at, at Cornwall, great. If that's at Christ the King, great. If that's at Hillcrest, great. North County, great. It doesn't matter. We want people to connect with Jesus Christ. That is so important. And this isn't just about a Cornwall Christ the King thing. This is really in response in our part of answering a prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, the high priestly prayer. First of all, Jesus prays for himself. Then he prays for his disciples. And then he prays for us. He prays for you. In John 17, this is what he says. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that, listen to this, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That's the goal. That it's not just about how big can Cornwall get or Christ the King. It's that people would know Jesus and we believe that our unity is part of an answer to the prayer that Jesus prayed, and it's part of what allows people to know Jesus Christ and, and the life that he offers. So we share this deep connection, really, that goes uh, so much deeper than just a three-mile separation between our churches. And Bob and I have the same cry. I mean, the same cry of our heart really comes out of both of us, and we talk about this on a regular basis. And today, we want to call you as churches to have the same kind of friendship that we share as brothers. And so what we're asking you is this, you know, Psalm 130, uh, Psalm 131 or 133, Psalm 133 is such a beautiful expression because it says how good and pleasing it is when brothers dwell together in unity, unity. which means this, Jesus loves the fact that we are connected together. And he loves the fact that our churches are connected together. And when we put God in his rightful place, God loves unity. I mean, the beauty of unity is that it, it's two elements or two colors coming together and blending into one. And out of it comes increased beauty, increased help, increased hope, and increased unity. And, and more than anything, it's increased love. So we want to call you to the same kind of commitment. And let me tell you how we're going to do that. We're actually calling you to connect. I mean, we would love for you to have an idea in your head and to believe in your heart that the church is greater than the one that meets on Northwest Avenue, that the church is greater than the one that meets at 4173 Guide Meridian, that together we actually want to focus on the greater church. And like Bob said before, there's only one senior pastor of the church in Whatcom County, and that's Jesus. It's not us. There's only one God. There's one faith. There's one baptism. So if we focus on that word, one, we believe that God actually loves that. I want to just refresh your memory again. Ephesians chapter 4, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So we do that by acknowledging that we're family, by refusing to compete, by loving, by hoping, and by praying for each other. And we're going to give you an opportunity to do that here in just a couple of minutes. So we're calling you to connect in a relational way with each other, but we're also calling you to commit. I mean, how cool would it be if we all walked out of Christ the King today and Cornwall Church today, what if we walked out focusing on the big K kingdom as opposed to the tiny little K kingdoms that just meet in various locations all over Whatcom County? I mean, it is bigger than just Cornwall and Christ the King. Any church 
that opens the Word of God and sees it as God's Word, any church that loves Jesus and worships God as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and sees Him as the only way to get to the Father, that is what we are focusing on. And that's what we truly want to focus uh, today simply because of this verse out of John chapter 13. By this, everyone will know. So everyone outside of the family will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Cornwall, here's what we want you to know from Christ the King. We love you, we're committed to you, and we want you to succeed. And we know your heart as Cornwall is exactly the same thing for our church and for Absolutely. all of the churches across the community. Absolutely. You know, and that same commitment that Grant and I have for each other is we're calling you to have that same commitment as churches. And just think about this. What if, what if never from Cornwall was ever any kind of negative word, gossip, rumor about Christ the King or any of their pastors or staff? It just, it just was not tolerated. We said, we're not going to do it. It's an unwholesome talk. We're, we're letting no unwholesome talk come from our mouths. And what if, I mean, think about this. What if we were such cheerleaders for each other that people would say, well, they go to Cornwall, but they're always talking about Christ the King and how great things God's doing there. And, and at Christ the King, they're like, man, they're just cheering for Cornwall. That we would do this as the body of Christ in that unified effort of not saying, you know, it's, you know we're better, or it's, you know, one's good and one's bad. None of that. But that we really do... We really do rejoice and celebrate with what God is doing in each other's church and in each other's midst. And when we hear about the other church having a great baptism service, man, we just praise God and we just celebrate. And just talk that up like crazy. When we hear about, you know, some difficulties that a church is going through, that we just, we hit our knees. We don't, we don't hit the phones with gossip, but we hit our knees in prayer and just know that, that we are in this together and to be unified. And, and because of it, it's not just, again, so that there's unity in us but so that the kingdom of God is advanced, so that, that Jesus is lifted up, so that more people would come to know him. That was that whole thing that, that Jesus said, I pray that they would be one, so that the world may believe. And we live in a community that, by and large, doesn't believe in Jesus, doesn't follow Jesus. And this is our heart, as we said, and this is so important to us. Um, we thought that it would be a good thing if we brought this one to you live. So what I'm going to ask you to do is give the biggest, loudest, most raucous 11 o'clock welcome to my friend, Grant Fishbook from Christ the King Church. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Okay, okay, okay. His head will get too big. Uh, we are having such a blast because we're doing this all weekend long here and at Christ the King. We've been going back and forth. We've got one more here in just a few minutes. But I love this man. Uh, most of you know that uh, Grant is the pastor, the senior pastor at Christ the King here in Bellingham. And, uh, and you know, here's what I know about my friend. He is a man of God. He is an unbelievably good communicator of the gospel. He's a great preacher. And he's so stinking cute. I mean, you look at him. I mean, <laughs> look at that. And, you know, uh, what you might not be aware of is that, that he had a little stint as a model in, in his life. I'm serious. I'm serious. He, he, he did some modeling for some sportswear for, I don't know, it was either Target or Lululemon. I can't remember which. <laughs> but, but he did that. And, uh, and you also, line. the spandex line, line yes, yeah. yes. And, and you also may be aware that he's Canadian, um, but he has a U.S. Citizen, dual citizenship. That's a good thing. But um, I've heard him say on more than one occasion, 
hey, I'm Canadian. I grew up playing hockey. And he just kind of, badge of honor, has all this teeth, but that's his badge of honor. What I've never heard him say is this, that when he went to college, he no longer played hockey. In college, he was a competitive badminton player. I didn't even know that was a thing. So like, he's like a really good badminter or whatever. Where do you get your information? Is it true or is it not? It's true. Okay, so (laughs) yesterday, like my mom's in Hawaii right now. Yesterday she calls me, she says, who's this guy you're preaching with this weekend? Is he someone famous? I've never heard of him. I'm like, mom, it's Grant, the badminton guy. Come on, (laughs) you should know this. But I love Grant, and what, what I love about our friendship and our ministry together is that there's so much that we have in common, and this is what we hold. These are, these are non-negotiables that we hold on to. This is stuff we hold on to with a closed fist. We, we would never waver from this in our lives, in our ministry, and in our churches. And it's things that Jesus said. Three things that he said in, in the book of John. One, he said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, have abundant life. And the thing that we're convinced of to the core of our being is that everyone's life would be better with Jesus in it. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter what you've done, your life would be better with Jesus. And that's what we've given our life to help people understand that. The second thing is that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we believe that Jesus is not just a way to the Father, he's the way to the Father. Now, you might say, well, that seems kind of exclusive, and it does, but what you also find is that Jesus is absolutely inclusive. In that very familiar uh, verse out of John 3, where it says that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes, uh, this is for whoever, anybody can have this, whoever believes, and the son would would have eternal life. And then that follow-up verse is that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. That's the message. That's the gospel. That's what we've committed our lives to. That's what we believe and hold on to. And we live in a county that, by and large, as I said in the video, by and large has not been gripped by that fact, and that grips us. And so we want you to actually take the challenge today to join us over this Easter season to see God do something unbelievable in Whatcom County. I had my, our graphics guy kind of throw something up here, and so if you'll, you'll notice there's a map up there behind us. about 214,000 people in Whatcom County. Those are actually 2010 census numbers, so we know that it's gone up probably significantly. We're probably scraping 220,000 because of all the Canadians that are coming down here to take over. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> Don't be afraid, though. I'll, I live in Linden. I'll hold them back. So... Um, <laughs> But about 204, between 214 and 220,000 people. And then we had this corresponding number that we wanted to put up there because just when we think, boy, we're all that and we're doing so wonderful, sometimes I think we need to be reminded of what our reality actually is. So here's a map of Whatcom County that represents, and I think we estimated on the, the larger sides of about 20,000 people who don't just attend church but actually follow Jesus with passion. You want to make me cry? That will make me cry. Because that's heartbreaking to me. But here's what I believe. And here's what I believe my brother over here believes and would give his life for too. We actually believe that God can flip the map. Can I get an amen from someone at 11 o'clock? We actually believe that God can flip the map over and that one day the Christians will be on the other side of that color 
and, and that we'll have an opportunity to move. Because here's the plan, and this may freak you out just a little bit. I'm looking at plan A for the evangelization of Whatcom County, and there is no plan B. We're it. We're it, which means if we don't actually do what we're supposed to do, that is never going to change. But we have the audacity to believe in our heart that God can actually do that. And we know what happens during the Easter season, right? There's just, there's a tenderness. It happens at Easter and Chris, Christmas. There's a tenderness to people that, that actually opens them up to the story of the incarnation and the resurrection. And we want to be so faithful in preaching that. And we care so much about it that we actually have a challenge for you. We're actually going to do something. So when we meet together at Pastors Praying for Pastors, we have two rules. Number one, nobody will ask you for anything. That's the only reason that they come through the door because pastors, they're just like, is anyone going to ask me to do any more work than I already signed up for? And when we say, nope, and we keep the promise, they actually walk in the door. The other, the other promise or principle is this. When you come to Pastors Praying for Pastors, you spend your whole life praying for your own church. The rule here is you pray for somebody else's. And there's something so beautiful about hearing brothers and sisters in Christ lift up the name of another church and say, God, would you please pour out your blessing on them? Would you allow revival to ripple across Whatcom County? And God, if you want to start it somewhere else, we are so excited about that because we are not focused on the little K kingdoms. We're focused on the big K kingdom that loves Jesus and has him as our senior. Yeah. So for the next four weeks, four weeks from today is Easter. And this is what we're challenging you. It's what we challenged every service, we challenged Christ the King with. For the next four weeks, my challenge to you is that you would pray. And, And you hear this from me all the time. Pray for and invite friends. Pray for and invite friends. Pray for what God's going to do here. Pray for our Skagit campus. I'm asking you to add to that list to pray for, for Grant Fishbook and Christ the King, that God would be doing something in, in their midst at Easter as well. In fact, some of you have been waiting because there's one blank in your link today. There's like one fill-in. Here it is. And it's kind of a rhyme, so you can remember this. I will pray for CTK. Just write that down there. I will pray for CTK. And we're asking that you would commit to pray every single day for the next four weeks between now and and Easter, that you would pray for God's work here, but also that you would pray for Christ the King, that you would pray for Grant. And there's a a thing that Grant and I have done, and we want to invite you to do the same thing, uh, to join us in this as a way to, to remember to pray every single day. Hey, Siri, remind me every day for the next four weeks at 4.16 p.m. to pray for Pastor Bob and Cornwall Church. She doesn't speak Canadian. She doesn't. And she and I have had a love-hate relationship for a really, really long time. And she never cooperates, which actually makes me pray harder. I'll remind you. Thank you very much, Siri. I appreciate that. Took you a while. You're a little slow. Yeah. So we have that opportunity. And our hope and prayer is, because we've been going back and forth. So we just came from our 930 service. And I watched our whole congregation stand to their feet and raise their hands toward Pastor Bob and to pray for him, because I love this guy, and to pray for Cornwall Church, that God would do something so unbelievably radical. I don't know about you, but I serve the God who does exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or even imagine, and that's what we're asking for this Easter. So we're praying for you while you're praying for us. Yeah, and so we're challenging you to set your watch, your phone for 416. That's like April 16th. Get that? That's Easter, all right? So at 416, you decide if you want to do AM or PM. We'll leave that to you. 
Uh, we've gone with the PM thing. Some of you are far more spiritual than us. You've been up praying for hours. But to set your, your watch or your, or your phone for 416 and so that every day there will be a reminder, there will be an alarm, and you can say, okay, that's, that's right, I'm, I'm praying. And here, think about this. This is so cool. What if a couple thousand of us here at Cornwall did this and a couple thousand at Christ the King did this, mm-hmm. and then so throughout the next four weeks, you're at Wiku, you're at Fred Meyer, you're at Costco, and all of a sudden phones just start going off and watch alarms go off, and it's like this flash mob that's happening, and all of a sudden you're going, oh, they're praying, they're praying, and we're praying, people are saying, what's going on? You can say, hey, we're praying that God's doing this thing. Here's a cool thing, and we've got to be really fast because we've got to get to Christ King real quick. So last night at Christ the King, Jonathan Hansen, who's the pastor of A-Life Church in the building that we used to occupy, he came to the service last night. So I was texting him last night saying, hey, Jonathan, it's great having you there. He said, I'm going to challenge our church with the 416 thing too. So they're doing it as well. They're not even part of this deal, but they're joining in. They're setting their watches, their, their phones for 416. And we just want to challenge you to every single day, not only be praying for what God's going to do in this room, but pray for what God's going to do three miles from here and in every church throughout Walken County. Yeah. So I want us to do that right now. And I'm going to ask that you would join me, that you would stand because we want to pray for Grant. We want to pray for Christ the King. And if you are, are, are want to do this or feel comfortable with this, doing this, if you want to just extend your hands toward Grant, I'm going to lay my hand on him and just as a way of, of, of joining me in this, let's just pray for he and, and Christ the King. Father, we're so grateful, God, that you are a God of unity. And Lord, you've called your body to be united. Father, we unite at the foot of the cross. I'm so thankful for my brother Grant, and I just pray that your spirit would blow fresh wind into his life, that his time in prayer, his time in the word, his time in worship alone would just be so rich and so full that he would just be so fully alive in you. I pray that you'd be with him as as your son. I pray that you'd be with him as, as a husband and as a father and as a pastor. And as he prepares, Lord, for, for Easter, I pray that you would just give him your words as he preaches this familiar message, that it would be done with an anointing and with a passion that is just only, only attributed to the Holy Spirit at work within him. And God, we pray for our brothers and sisters at Christ the King. And we pray that they would be inviting their friends. We pray that people would come to not only Christ the King, the church, but to Jesus Christ, the King of kings, yes, the Lord God. of lords, whose name yeah. is lifted up, yeah. whose resurrection power gives us life and forgiveness in eternity. And we pray that you would be pouring yourself out and that this year in Whatcom County on 416, God, that you would be doing such an incredible work in all of the churches that lift up the name of Jesus and stand on the word of God. God, may we be committed to pray every single day, not just for what you're doing here, but what you're doing at Christ the King and other churches. And we just ask that you would get all the glory in this. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Amen.